Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris from PleasureMechanics.com, and on this podcast, we have honest, explicit, wholesome conversations about sex and pleasure and the joy of connection. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find all of the resources we have been lovingly generating for you since 2006. On today's episode, we are celebrating with our friends at Scarletine.com. Scarletine is one of those resources I refer folks to every week. Sometimes it feels like every day because Scarletine for the past 25 years has been one of the internet's best resources for non-judgmental, comprehensive education, information, and community about sexual health, sexuality, and erotic becoming. Scarletine is for the teen in all of us. Yes, they center the voices of teens and young people and answer the questions of teens and young people, which for the past, you know, generations, we have been underserved when it comes to our questions around sexuality and sexual health. We are really left to our own devices to keep ourselves safe and navigate the very vulnerable terrain of sexual development and our first relationships and the implications of our choices. And I want us all to listen to this interview um, thinking about the teen in ourselves, thinking about our first uh, education when it comes to sexuality. Uh, Where did we learn from? Who did we learn from? What questions were left unanswered? And who did we turn to when we had big questions to navigate? For the past 25 years, Scarletine.com has been that resource that people can turn to, to not only get their questions answered, but to feel a sense of acceptance and belonging. It is so important that we come together as a community to support resources like Scarletine.com so they can continue to support the teens emerging today in such treacherous terrain and continue to support parents and caregivers as we support the young people in our lives. Do it for the teen in you. You will find resources in the show notes about how to hook up directly with Scarletine and join us in supporting them. For now, please welcome co-director of Scarletine.com, Sam Walls, to the show. Sam, thank you so much for joining us to celebrate 25 years of Scarletine.com. Will you just get us started by introducing yourself? And then what is Scarletine and how did it start? And where are we at today, 25 years later? Um, yeah, so my name is Sam Wall. I am one of the co-directors at Scarletine.com, and Scarletine is a primarily online sex and relationships education resource for teenagers and emerging adults. And we provide a lot of written content, so that's things like articles and advice columns on a, at this point, huge array of topics. And we also have spaces where young people can come and ask questions and get information and advice and support 
from our staff and volunteers around issues related to sex, relationships, identity, bodies, all sorts of things. And Scarlet Teen, as a resource, has always been very grassroots and very queer. It first emerged when Heather, who is one of the other co-directors and also our founder, was running a website called The Scarlet Letters, which was um, sex education and advice for adults. And they kept getting questions from young people who were looking for the kind of advice they were providing because they weren't finding it anywhere else. And so that kind of inspired Heather to start Scarlet Teen. Um, And then over the years, you know, we've written more and more and we've added on these different services where people can get help. Our team of people in volunteers and staff has grown. And that really brings us to now, um, where we're hitting this 25-year mark and just kind of looking back with at least a little bit of just sort of awe at the fact that we've, you know, we came from this really necessary but really sort of humble or grassroots beginning, and now here we are. And as a resource, it's something that we refer folks all the time to Scarletine, both young people themselves and parents and caregivers and people who want to be a resource to young people. Um, And not only to educate themselves, right? Because at this point, 25 years later, there's plenty of information online. But one of the things I love you do so beautifully is you recognize the full spectrum humanity of sexuality. So right along with, say, safer sex information, you get information about relational structures and communication strategies. So you can actually then go have that conversation. What has driven your model of, as you say, it's not one question, one answer when it comes to sexuality. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the values and the principles that have really driven your model of offering not only information, but support and a sense of belonging? Of course. So I would say the biggest sort of driver of how we approach what we do, and what kind of information we provide, often through sort of like articles or advice columns, is the young people who come to us for support. And what I mean by that is that we want our work to be driven by the people that we're serving. And that sort of extends to some of our other philosophy and approach as well, which is that some other resources or some of the ways we talk about sex and relationships culturally um, don't necessarily treat young people as whole people. There can be a tendency to not treat them as capable of you know, weighing decisions or understanding risk or having, in some cases, really complex emotions or thoughts about things. Um, And so a big part of what we do, and I think a big part of why we've been around as long as we have, is that we're a place where young people really feel 
heard. They're being talked to like complex people about topics where there is often a lot of vulnerability or shame or all of these other really complex or difficult emotions. Yeah. And that comes through in all you do. And can you talk a little bit more about the direct services you offer? Um, Because often what I hear back when I refer folks to you is I get an email a few months later, like, wow, that was way beyond (laughs) great information on a website. Um, What are the direct services you offer? How do you actually engage in conversation with folks when they're in sometimes? And if we can all take a moment, right? And I think this is so important for adult listeners you might be far from your teenage and young adult years, or you might be at an ever-growing reflective distance. But when we look back on our formative teenage sexual years and who was there for us, where we went for information, and how important compassionate information and being given the tools to make decisions for ourselves were at some of these pivotal moments of becoming. And those are the moments that people come to Scarletine with. People are in tender, um, formative moments, and you embrace them as a whole person. So can we just get a standing over that? (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But what are the direct services you offer? How do you engage with folks? Um, Yeah, so there are three primary ones that are what people probably picture when they're thinking a direct service. So the first of those is our message board. And our message boards, they function to me kind of like an old school forum. Um, And they're public facing. There's something anybody who visits the site can see. And what that allows for is not only us to offer support or advice, but for users to offer support to each other. And there have been some really nice moments where I've seen users connect with each other or offer perspective to each other. Um, and of course, those are also places where people then are getting advice from us, the staff and volunteers. We do have even a place on the boards where people can specifically post if they want only answers from Scarletine, not from other users. The next service is our text line, which is, it's really best for sort of quick questions and answers, but that and then our chat service are both places where users can have conversations with us that aren't visible to, you know, other people. It allows for that level of privacy that some people really need to feel comfortable having conversations about really sensitive topics. But I would also consider the advice columns our direct services, because those come from questions that people leave for us. And so they're another place where we are directly answering someone's question and It's a place where we can see what kinds of questions are coming in, if there are patterns, if there are issues that seem to be suddenly really salient to young people right now. Um, So I would say those are the sort of the four that make up the direct services. 
And I love that it's a way of you also pass the mic around, right? You let young people speak for themselves and with and through their multiplicity of identities. And it gives us this really rich chorus to draw from. I was just looking at like an autistic girl's guide to getting ghosting. And, you know, um, I needed to read that specific perspective. Um, uh, And it was really a beautiful moment of how many voices are on your site uh, all these years later. Um, So happy birthday, 25 years. Talk to us about what you're noticing um, in the online landscape that teens are having to navigate because there's teen sexuality itself. And then there's like the cultures teen have to navigate um, with and through their sexuality. And (laughs) it's not an easy time to be young right now. What are you noticing right now? And how are you responding and how you're serving folks? Young people, to some degree, And I do think some of this depends on their own identities and whether they belong to groups that are currently being targeted by different kinds of legislation, is that they're noticing these attempts to restrict their access to information either about their bodies or about sexuality more generally or about their identities. And the way we respond to that is <laughs> is kind of by doing what we've always done, which is continuing to respond to the topics and the questions that are being brought to us. But that being said, we do also want to put out things and do put out things that are about helping young people navigate this particular political, cultural moment. I believe last year, for instance, we put out a a guide to abortion access and privacy. So basically how to protect your privacy as much as possible when you're seeking out abortion care in a potentially hostile climate. Um, We put out a piece this year that's about finding queer media um, because that was something we were consistently having people come to us asking for or in our conversations with them, it would become clear they just didn't know where to start looking for it. And on top of that, that piece was also necessary because there are active attempts to hide that kind of content from young people. So I feel like those are some illustrations of kind of how we let how young people are reacting to a current moment guide the kind of resources we create for them. Right. And that youth led voice, right, I'm thinking about, right, I have friends who have recently relocated across state lines um, to be who they are more fully. Um, And as teens, as young people, we don't often have points of agency that include relocating. Um, Sometimes as adults, we don't have access to those points of agency. And so how do we find um, how we can navigate these times? And I just want us all to take this in that the teens are noticing the legislation to try to control their access to health, to education, to information, and having to navigate their reality as a pre-voting person um, (laughs) often. Um, And resources like this, in often cases, are life-saving resources. 
for the teens that have to navigate the world us adults are generating for them. Um, And so I do want to talk a little bit about how do we do better by our young people as sex positive adults? Um, Listeners of this show, we are committed, right, to um, not only experiencing more sexual joy and connection for ourselves, but to create a culture of that. And how do we do better by young people in our lives, um, other than referring them to Scarletine and supporting Scarletine so you forever exist as a resource? What are your thoughts on how do we show up more as adults and make ourselves visible as resources to young people who might be in our orbits? That's a really good question. Um, I will say that we actually have currently a resource on the site called Scarletine Confidential that Heather and I put together as specifically for parents or guardians or other supportive adults who want kind of a peek at the kind of things we're seeing young people communicate to us and then our advice on how to approach those different topics. But I think when adults are thinking about signaling being a safe adult to talk to or a sex positive adult to talk to, there are a few things that can be really helpful. And they're often smaller things than we think. One, well, this is both big and small in some ways, is making sure or being mindful of whether your words and your actions are actually kind of in harmony. Um, Because it's very easy in some ways to say all the right things to a young person, but it can often be much, much harder to do the follow-through on those Because the follow-through is often coming in moments where there is probably a big emotional reaction from you as the adult. Um, The example I always give is actually not sex-related. It's, I don't know how many people listening to this have said or have had a parent say to them, if you are ever at a party and you get drunk And, you know, it's not safe for you to drive home because you've been drinking and you're underage. I would much rather you call me to come get you than try to drive home and hide it from me. I want you to be safe. And I am willing to bet there are plenty of young people who are told that and then do what was they were told they could do in that moment, only to have it blow up in their face. To have that parent or that adult get really angry with them, to yell at them, to scold them, to basically make them regret making what was in that moment the safe choice. That's a moment where probably the adult in the situation is feeling a lot of strong emotions. And it can be hard to take that pause and go, I I need to make sure this actually lines up with what I told them and with what I want them to learn from this situation, which in this case would be, they can come to me 
in these moments where maybe they've made a not so great choice and they need help avoiding some sort of bad outcome or they need help making a better choice. And I want them to know they can come to me. But that's one of those things where you're probably doing that. You're showing that harmony between what you say and what you do. You're making choices about that probably dozens of times a day. And young people are often noticing them. And those aren't big choices. They aren't big gestures or declarations of, you know, what a young person can or can't do or can or can't rely on you for. But over time, they're building that young person's sense of, can I trust you to be someone I can come to in these moments? It's so real. <laughs> you're, you're speaking to parents of a nine-year-old and we're really kind of <laughs> in that conversation, right? Of how do we stay askable? How do we stay in an open conversation uh, without also, I think some people as adults, we worry about overstepping. Mm-hmm. We want to be available. We want to be there for the conversation, but we don't want to be intrusive. We don't want to overstep. And so where is that line of remaining approachable? And, you know, when we talk to parents about... um being, you know, pleasure positive, even let alone sex positive parents. Um, One of the big things is not having all the answers right away and being able to say to your kid, wow, that's a really good question. Let's find out together because it buys you that pause Um, and you can respond when you're less reactive and also find out what the question is being asked. Um, and something like scarletine.com where you can take your own questions and inform yourself before then going back to your kid. Um, that confidence of having some refreshed information because the truth of it, a lot of us parents now, we didn't have sex education when we were kids. We were part of the abstinence only wave of sex education mm-hmm. in, in this country at least. And no matter where people are listening from, um, there are holes and gaps in what we understand and what we know to be true. Um, so thank you for hosting and continuing to generate such an amazing resource of it's not information it's knowledge it's wisdom and knowledge deeply felt and lived through the writers and volunteers and you all the amazing staff of scarletine who have been consistently doing this for 25 years so the rest of us can have that pause of not knowing thank you so much for all that you create When we come back, I want to talk about how we can all show up more fully as pleasure positive adults for the teens in our lives and for the young people we care about. But we also need to tend to ourselves and take steps to assure our own sexual health and wellness. One of the most important steps there is regular STI testing. If you are a sexually active adult, it makes sense to get a baseline and regular testing whenever it is needed. And for some of us, the easiest way to do that is right at home with the comprehensive STI testing kits from shamelesscare.com. Shameless Care has you covered. Their STI testing is the most comprehensive available today. Not only do they check for oral infections with throat swabs, that's a really important step, 
but they also screen for other infections commonly mistaken for BV, so you can get the treatment you need. With Shameless Care, you also get virtual physician consultations, unlimited questions with sex-positive trained medical staff, and free virtual follow-up care for positive results all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Go to shamelesscare.com today and use the coupon code PLEASURE for $30 off at checkout. That's shamelesscare.com. Use the code PLEASURE for 30 bucks off, and you'll find this link in the episode description and at pleasuremechanics.com toolbox. That's pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox for this and all of the other generous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please help keep independent grassroots sex education like Pleasure Mechanics and Scarletine alive and thriving. We need your support directly to continue doing this work. So big thanks in advance for your support of Pleasure Mechanics and of our friends at scarletine.com. You'll also find links to Scarletine in today's episode description. For now, back to our conversation with Sam, co-director of scarletine.com. Um, where are you looking to as you look forward from here from as you're blowing out 25 birthday cake candles on your Scarletine cake? The big thing we are looking forward to and that we're really excited for people to eventually get to see is a um, very updated version of Scarletine, of the site. Um, We've got some new design. We have some new ways that we've sort of organized things to make it easier for people to find information. Um, There's just a lot of stuff we're really excited about with the updated site. Thank you all for doing it. We are going to throw a bunch of links in the podcast notes so folks can navigate Scarletine um, and support your work. Uh, you have, can you talk for a moment about the book? I have bought this book for every young person in my life. Um, can you talk a little bit about the Scarletine book as a, as a resource and a gift for, for folks? Yes. So the Scarletine book um, is called that because Heather wrote it. And it very much reflects the content that we have at Scarletine, the approach we have at Scarletine. Um, It's called SEX, Everything You Need to Know Guide for Sex and Relationships in Your Teens and Twenties, I think, is the full title. And it's a really great resource for a teenager or emerging adult in your life. And I say this is, I'm someone who got my first real sex education by my mom basically leaving um, age-appropriate books kind of lying around the house for me to find. The um, age-old technique, I think it can. There's, It's such a good technique of just letting it be available at kids' own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, so- you know, when my nephews turned like, you know, 13, 14, they each got a copy. And what it does is it just kind of signals like, I am approachable, you can ask me questions, and it becomes a little bit of a running joke in the family. And breaking that ice as especially as someone who's not a parent, but is a close adult in someone in a young person's life. Um, 
it's a real gift. And it's sometimes, you know, it's five years later that the first question comes, um, or they get one of their friends to call you or text you on their behalf, right? It's not always direct. Um, but just having these books available and gifting them to young people in your life is such a great strategy. And I, I do know of people whose work brings them into a lot of contact with young people, um, people like school counselors, um, I think even a few um, healthcare providers or people who run LGBT centers that have little libraries in them, um, have made sure that they have a copy of SEX so that it can be there for young people who need it, but maybe aren't in a home or life situation where it's safe for them to have at the house or anybody thought to have it in the house. And the same goes for um, Wait What, which is another book of Heather's um, that they made with Isabella Rotman, who did a lot of the illustrations on the site at one point. And that one is for a younger audience. That's more for the middle school audience. But it is still very much written from this same perspective that all of our work at Scarlet Teen is done through, where this is about treating young people with respect. This is about being honest with them about things like what it's like to experience a crush or gender identity. Um, maybe things that don't always get hit on in other resources for that age group. Right. And this is what I love that Scarletine does so beautifully is it really is that whole story of sexuality and how it lives in our lives. And for a lot of listeners, just spending some time on the site, navigating, reading some of these beautifully written advice columns, getting your own questions answered. Um, it can be a gesture of reparenting ourselves and resourcing mm -hmm. ourselves as adults that are never too young or old to learn more, to get more information, to be part of this beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for all you do at Scarletine and cheers to 25 more years ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Um, since we're on the subject of looking forward into the future for Scarletine, uh, I would be remiss to not mention that because of the kind of work we do and because of the kind of organization that we are, queer owned and operated, grassroots, progressive, all of that good stuff, um, our funding opportunities are pretty limited. Um, we've only very recently been able to get um, any kind of grant or foundational funding, but you know, we're not, we're not owned by something bigger. We're not sort of run under government grants that come with all these restrictions on what you can or cannot talk about. And in a lot of ways, being this little scrappy grassroots organization is great because it lets us do the work we want to do and do it in the way that we know really serves young people. But that does come with this sort of downside of money maybe isn't always the easiest thing to come by. So 
I do want to say that we are always looking for, you know, new donors, especially recurring donors. Um, even like a donation of just $10 a month goes a really long way towards helping us be sustainable as a resource and making sure that we're still around. Um, you know, there's 25 years of content on that site. There's the direct services. And I think those things are really valuable. And a lot of other people seem to think they're valuable too. So if people are able, we really encourage them to donate or set up a recurring donation if it's within their ability to do so. And do it for the teen and you, right? It's like, do it for the moment you needed this as a teenager. Exactly. Do it because you would take a teenager you love out to a coffee and talk to them about this stuff if they asked you to. Of course we would. And so throw 10 bucks a month towards Scarletine more if you can. And let's build a world where we all have someone and somewhere to go to get our questions answered and to be held with love and compassion and non-judgment in our most vulnerable of moments. Thank you so much for being there for so many. It's our absolute pleasure. Big thanks and cheers to our friends at Scarletine.com for 25 years of serving teenagers, young adults, and the teen in all of us. We all have questions when it comes to sexuality. We all have places we need to inform ourselves and learn from the wisdom and perspective of others. And Scarletine is one of the richest resources online available for that honest, conversation around all things sexuality. Please check it out. Use the links in the show notes to support Scarletine. And we will be back with you next week with another episode of Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris from PleasureMechanics.com, wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Cheers. Cheers.